Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Horwardale, joined by Greg Crone. Greg, are you ready to talk some football? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, man, I cannot wait. We are so close to the NFL season. Um, yeah. You know, college football kicked off with that sick F- uh, FCS game over the weekend. <laughs> Did you Went watch it? The- oh, I- Chris, I watched every single second of it. Okay. Uh, you got me there, but I watched <laughs> the first half. Some, uh, all right, let me let me rephrase. I missed the beginning because I was watching you know, some sort of other playoff game, uh, uh-huh. and then I turned it on after, so I caught it uh, right around the halftime. Uh, but but watch it to the end, and it went down. It was a it was a nail biter for anybody that had Austin P plus four, Austin P money line, and the over. Uh, not a great night for those guys. <laughs> yeah, I believe I had all of those in my weekly wager at Bavada Sportsbook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that was that was a super fun game. It really was. It was just so nice having college football back. It really was. And you know what's crazy is all of a sudden um, there's, there, there's some real talk about a conference that decided we yeah. weren't going to play, that they might be back a little bit sooner rather than later. Now, let's not talk about other conferences that are losing star quarterbacks um, today. Yeah, well, <laughs> may, well, maybe star quarterbacks. That's, that's a really – like you're hitting on Jamie Newman at Georgia. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a really interesting move. Anshu and I were talking about this via text earlier today. I think Jamie Newman might have bought into his own hype. You know, the the he was a Wake Forest transfer who didn't really show that he could throw the ball as well as some of the other guys, but projected into that Georgia offense, people thought, oh, you know, Jamie Newman could be a first-round pick if he shows that he's evolved as a quarterback. He didn't have the chance to evolve, and he still declared for the draft. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a risk, man. It's it's a risk to, to sit that out and then... And then hope that your combine looks the way, you know, it needs to, to, to be a pretty decent draft pick. I actually, um, I think he may have gotten a little bit, uh, he might have gotten a little bit scared because after Newman announced that he was transferring, and that was very, very early in the whole process, Georgia picked up another transfer in former uh, five-star recruit from USC, JT Daniels, who's also eligible immediately. So... I wonder if if Newman was just concerned he wasn't even going to be the starting quarterback if we got to that point. That yeah, I mean, it could certainly be the case. I mean, JT Daniels was was not terrible at USC. It wasn't great. No, but, he got uh, hurt. That's it's, yeah. It's that, not that, really that's fair I mean. to judge him on that. Yeah, like he he sort of lost that position based on that. It wasn't. I mean, let's be honest. U.S. This isn't Matt Liner, Carson Palmer, USC, but it's mm-hmm. certainly it's certainly not Matt Barkley, USC. So no, but this is a Matt Liner, Car- Matt Liner, Carson Palmer type recruit in J.T. Daniels. Yes, mm-hmm. and you know he had that kind of like shakyish freshman season when he was asked to play as a true freshman, but he held his head above water. Just under sixty percent completion percentage, more touchdowns and interceptions. Pretty much as much as you can hope for for a 19-year-old true freshman playing at USC. And uh, then he gets hurt early, loses his job in 2019, goes to Georgia. And, man, Georgia, is, they're, in, they're in good position. They also have Brock uh, Vandegrift, who committed and will be there in 2021, one of the best quarterback prospects in the country right now. So 
that Georgia quarterback uh, legacy is going to continue for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, it just it, Georgia's quarterback situation is obviously always good, but there's just always something that holds them back, and that's Alabama. That is actually mm-hmm. the, the, what the, what holds them back um, every time. So so I like every year I watch Georgia just stomp through the SEC, end up in the SEC title game, and lose to Alabama, or end up sneaking their way in to the playoff as the fourth team and then losing to Alabama. It's, it's, it's bizarre uh, kind of how that works, but um, um, that, that, that's the kind of stuff though. Like I know obviously um, he was taking more of a, you know, taking more of a risk as a transfer and then going and then pulling out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seeing like you hear Big Ten coming back and then you see Jamar Chase comes out from yeah. uh, LSU. He pulls out like this is going to be the weirdest season or whatever oh, we yeah. get here of college football possible. Like I could see midseason pullouts like that's definitely going to happen um, if something goes haywire for some of these teams. Well, yeah, um, teams start go- playing bad. What's the use in risking your health? You're you're going to put so much on these coaches. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be wild. They're really going to have to coach their uh, the proverbial butts off um, in these situations. It's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be interesting to see how we crown a national champion, too, with without a playoff system, without teams even playing at the same time. We're going old school, Chris. We are going old yeah, school. Yeah, but buddy. at least those, those teams were all playing in the same same week, any given week. Now That's we're going to be judging teams that are playing in you know different seasons of the year. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's going to be a funky one, man. There's there's no doubt about it. I don't know... Uh... I don't know how if you're if you're like a college voter or a poll guy or anything yeah. like that, how you're going to try to put any of this together to to come out with who was the best team in college football in 2020. Right, and the other fascinating element of this is the NCAA already said that all fall athletes have an additional year of eligibility should they choose to take it. So if if their if their schools aren't playing and stuff like that, so you know I imagine that also applies to a guy if they just don't feel comfortable playing. They can preserve a year of eligibility and not have to redshirt, and so we could have you know six-year college guys at this point. It's old, uh, gonna be strange. Wow, what was the guy's name from Oak? Oh, Jason White, seventy-five-year-old uh, <laughs> Heisman winner uh, from Oklahoma. This guy yeah. is like twenty-eight years old, winning national championships and Heisman's. Um, Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon's another one that comes to mind. Absolutely. Where did, did, uh, Drew, yeah. did Drew Henson start football, go baseball or baseball, and come back to football? And Greg Paulus I, might have done the same thing too, but... I think he baseballed back to football. Yeah, that, that sounds right to me. And then just kind of died there. Paulus it, was going to go to Duke to play quarterback, but he ended up going to Duke to play uh, point guard, and then he ends up at some small school. Syracuse. Syracuse. There you go. Not small school. Apologies the, to uh, Syracuse. There was there was literally nothing funnier than turning on like early early Saturday like games. It's like the noon game live from the dome in Syracuse. You mean the nine a.m. game? Look, yeah. Uh, well, for you <laughs> nine a.m. For me noon. Uh, actually, I guess when Paulus was playing, it might have been. I might have been West Coast West Coast Greg, uh, whereas my friends referred to me the West Coast P. Um, not really oh. sure what the P stood for, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, right. Yeah, it's. That I think I might have. I guess it might have been 9 a.m. games for Paulus uh, in Syracuse. I can't remember what year he played there, but 
it, nonetheless, that it's always weird when you see those cross sport athletes like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, the one that I always remember is Julius Peppers. Sure. You know, uh, national champion for uh, not football, obviously, because North Carolina basketball. I don't think's ever won, but basketball for sure. Um, but Jimmy Graham stuck out to me. Yeah, Jimmy Graham's another guy. Antonio Gates. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking like more higher profile, like basketball guys. I don't remember I'm... Jimmy Graham or Antonio or uh, Antonio um, Gates. No, I can't. Yeah, Antonio Gates really, really uh, firing up the AP top 25 from a college standpoint. Right, but I mean, Julius Peppers wasn't exactly a dominant college basketball player either. Uh, yeah, sure, but his teams were good. That's 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 more. Miami, what I'm at. Miami was not bad when Jimmy Graham was there. Let's not forget. Obviously, Kent State not a powerhouse, but no, never the flashes. I'm trying to find what the uh, these stats for uh, for Julius Peppers because now you've got me really fascinated. That's Kobe White for some reason. Don't <laughs> that doesn't make think, sense to me. Yeah, no, not at all. I don't think they crossed over as they played some 20 years apart. Um, college basketball stats. Here we go. Thank you, Sports Reference. Two years at playing college basketball. He once averaged 7.1 points per game. Yeah, there it is. That's what we're looking for. In three starts. <laughs> oh, man. Did not take a three, points. so he's not playing in a modern NBA. I'm not at all. That's, he's, not, he's not your typical stretch four. Uh, but look, we're not here to talk about Greg Paulus or what time Syracuse game started or any of that nonsense. We're here to talk about different <laughs> nonsense. The uh, We're looking at Bavada and the 2020 uh, team with the fewest regular season points scored. I uh, this will be this is fun. I like talking about ineptitude, and that uh, that is interesting to me. The favorite for this uh, dubious honor would be the Jacksonville Jaguars at plus 550. How do we feel about the Jaguars being that team? Uh, that's not surprising to me in, mm-hmm. in the least. They're a, a completely, completely rebuilding team. Like they that's have a kind way to put it. Yeah. They have nothing going on um, from an offensive standpoint now, especially without Fournette outside of DJ Chark. That's, that's really it for for Jacksonville uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you can say whatever you want about Gardner Minshew. I, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's the the real future in Jacksonville. No. Um, but uh, it plus my fifty is great odds. I, I don't envision them. I don't envision their offense being on the field very often, let alone scoring a ton of points. Here, I've got a fun question for you about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can you name a running back on the roster? Because they decided they didn't need 1,800 yards of total offense from Leonard Fournette. Um, I can't think of his name. He went to Alabama. He's the only guy I could think of that's potentially. I don't. Oh, think actually, God. I don't think he's there anymore. He might not be there anymore. The reason I know this is because mm-hmm. I, yesterday I uh, was consulted in a fantasy draft uh, that my lovely wife was participating in, mm-hmm. and it's Raquel Armstead. Yeah, Rock Armstead from Temple. Bang, got him. Did uh, what kicker did she get in the first round? Uh, she did not take a kicker in the first round. She actually had the twelfth pick out of twelve uh, teams, so a little wraparound spot. And, so the uh, good kickers were gone. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and we went with um, Aaron Jones at twelve, and uh, 
Nuke Hopkins at uh, at 13. 13. That, I'll tell you what. I'm not proud of this, but that's twice today that I have said something that just made me laugh uncontrollably. <laughs> I am I am my biggest fan, if nothing else. Uh, <laughs> earlier, earlier, and it's going to sound just as stupid recapping it. I was talking to Mario. We're doing the NFL show. And uh, he, he said something along the lines of like, one of the players had problems with like knickknack fouls or something like that, or no problems with the knickknack fouls fighting through them. Uh, and I said, the problem, he has the real big problems with the patty wax. And it made me <laughs> laugh for like a minute. <laughs> it's a good one. That's, that's quick on your feet there, Chris. It's, I like that. It, it's so dumb. Let's not pretend it's anything else, but it made me laugh. And that's, what's important. Uh, yes. Rock Armstead, the, uh, the starting running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Followed by Chris Thompson, Divine Azabago, and James Robinson. Uh, that well, they okay. So the offense is is a little bit interesting at receiver in that you have athleticism in Shark Conley and Westbrook if he can ever stay healthy. You have a couple of interesting draft picks, Lavisca Chenault Jr., one of the real playmakers in the draft last year. Just giant injury concerns and the fact that he doesn't know how to run a route tree. And uh, Keelan Cole's there. Colin Johnson, big receiver from Texas, is there along with Tyler Eifert. But, uh, yeah, this this seems to me that they're content with letting Gardner Minshew be the starter because they know Gardner Minshew's not the future, and he's going to make sure they don't win too many games. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. They are just – they are – they're just – I mean, I get I get rebuilding, but that mm-hmm. – what you just listed is just horrendous. <laughs> that's a joke. the offensive side of the ball, man. Like, that's really bad. <laughs> Yeah, oh no, it's it's an absolute joke of an offense. Like they're not even pretending that they care about winning a football game this year. It's it's insane, but you know they are in you know fairly good position. It's it's I guess it's tough for us to criticize them when we went through all the 76ers years, but you know they have five picks in the in the first three rounds right now. Probably if you're assuming this is the worst team in football, five top 65 picks. Uh, without a, a second-round comp pick being awarded. So right now, Tankathon, who uh, I always like to give credit to because Matt Hoover is a friend, is uh, they, they go Trevor Lawrence, Devontae Smith from Alabama, Liam Eichenberg, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, Najee Harris, there's your Alabama running back for you. Mm-hmm. You, were, you were just a little early. And Paris Ford, the safety from Pittsburgh. That's, that's five significant additions to, uh, to a team and uh, almost all to an offense, too. So it seems like it makes some yeah. sense. Sometimes tanking pays. You know, lose for Lawrence has a great ring to it. It's a good oh, hashtag. Tank for I Trevor. Mean, Come on. Lose for Lawrence. Tank for Trevor. They're both good. Let's um, let's get let's get let's put it all on the table here. From a marketing standpoint, uh, we could really make this work. I mean, the Jaguars have a pretty good social media staff to begin with. Not that they could ever actually admit it mm. uh, that they are tanking for Trevor, losing for Lawrence. Pretty sure that's probably you know in violation of some sort of cool league thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, there was tank for Tua last year. Let's just make it. Yeah, I like tank for Trevor tank for Trevor is better for, than lose for Lawrence winless for Wiggins. Never a good thing. Oh my goodness. It's never <laughs> a good thing for the team that goes winless either. No, 100% up, up next plus 700 at Bavada, the Washington football team. Where do we stand on the Washington football team? I saw reports today that Haskins has looked pretty solid. Named the starter uh, today. Yeah. Yeah, emerging as their their clear and, and, and number one starter. Haskins has skills, man. Um, I think people discredit, uh, you know, 
because he's at Washington, what he can actually do. He's, he he was a force at Ohio State, man. Yeah. You don't you don't set records uh, by being a bad quarterback in the Big Ten. Can, um, I have I have thoughts on uh, Dwayne Haskins. Can I tell you my sneaking suspicion for why he gets more shit than he deserves? He does not fit the prototype. He's not the prototype black quarterback. And people, you when you draft a black quarterback, like you think you're getting a certain thing, and he's not an athlete. He's a pocket passer. So I think he's actually hurt by that. I genuinely do. Yeah, I mean, I could I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that. He doesn't play like uh, other guys with similar size and similar, no. you know, skill sets. It's The common fan is like, oh, oh, there's a black quarterback because, you know, let's not get ourselves. The common fan is stupid and, you know, if this country suggests anything, borderline racist. Well, but... they, th- they, uh, <laughs> they immediately think that it's going to be a guy with serious mobility that gets out of the pocket. Exactly. On his feet, and that's not what Haskins was. It wasn't that at Ohio State either. I know. No. I watched him. I watched him just absolutely agonize uh, me as a Penn State fan. Week he was in a and week out. five something 40 guy, if I remember correctly. Yeah, not exactly. Uh, not exactly the swiftest uh, QB that you're going to find. Um, yeah, I think I think they might be too low here. I think McLaren emerged last year as a really mm-hmm. good option for them on the outside. Um, running back situation is what it is, but uh, yeah, I think I, I love Antonio Gibson. He was one of my favorite players in the draft last year. You know that if Peterson yeah, stays healthy Memphis. and they let if they let Gibson be a little complimentary guy, it's not bad. Yeah, and Ron Rivera is a good coach, man. Mm-hmm. The guy the guy got it done in in Carolina. Uh, with the, another guy who could really throw pretty well in Cam Newton, I think uh, I think I think Washington's going to uh, be surprisingly better than people expect. Yeah, I've said I think Antonio Gandy Golden, the uh, the rookie wide receiver from Liberty, is a guy who could really break out because there's going to be opportunities. The other two starters next to McLaurin are are Stephen Sims Jr. and Dontrell Inman. It doesn't exactly it doesn't say these are guys who whose positions are set. So Vernon I think there's going to be chances. Uh, Retired. Vernon Davis still he retired okay. Logan so Thomas he's not, is their starting quarterback, <laughs> former Virginia Tech quarterback Logan Thomas. He's not going to hulk up and score a seventy yard touchdown oh on God. opening weekend against the Eagles. Poor Rashawn McLeod. Ugh, it was bad. Yeah, it was not good. But uh, I this offense, aside from Haskins, Peterson, and uh, McLaurin, not a ton. I'll tell you that, and a pretty horrible offensive line too. Yeah, listen, they're the Washington football team, man. They're never good. So, except for that one year they had with RG3. That's it. <laughs> that part of the year before they destroyed him forever. True. Very true. Mike Shanahan, baby. Yeah, like, I honestly think <laughs> RG3's got a lawsuit against Shanahan. He just, he just did not, like, he did not protect that guy's health. He could barely stand when he was taking those snaps, and obviously the leg got destroyed. And if only Shanahan had known he had nine and seven Kirk Cousins right behind him. He had an opportunity. <laughs> he had not. Well, I mean, they dra- he was the next draft pick. Uh, that was one of the weirdest things that's ever happened in the NFL draft. They trade a bunch of assets to jump up, go to two to get RG3. And then with their next draft pick, they take another quarterback. That's why they're the Washington football team, Chris. <sighs> That is why. <laughs> and the second quarterback was the better one. And by the way, can we talk about this being the year of the white quarterback saying dumb shit, starting with Drew Brees and now Kirk Cousins saying, I, if I die, I die? 
I think uh, I think I summed it up best with uh, when I read that quote. It, I, I said, "There's there's nothing better than putting your life on the line to go nine and seven in an early first round playoff exit. Like there's nothing there's nothing better than that, Kirk. What a yeah. it, like, there's a time and a place to say dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. Now is not the time, Kirk. There's yeah. 180,000 people with with family members that are grieving their loss, and you're like, yeah, man. If I go out there and I die from coronavirus because I got to throw, you know, I went 12, uh, 12 for 29 for 175 that's not, yards, that's, two that's touchdowns. Not true. You know that offense is going to be like 12 of 17. All right, good point. Good <laughs> point. I, I gave him a few too many attempts. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, man. That's that's a like I I want to see. I can't wait to see the backtrack of that. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to get near the the run uh, that that some of the other dumb stuff that gets said is. But it's it's one of your all time dumb quotes. No, certainly all over Twitter today though. Let's talk about the third team. Bavada has the Jets plus eleven hundred. Picking the Jets to be futile offensively is always a good idea. I don't know, man. Lev Bell's coming back, dude. He's oh, yeah. He took- the, the rumors are that he looks fat, slow, and disinterested. Well, <laughs> got paid. Um, it's, you know, uh, you, you kind of feel bad for the Jets because the Jets are going to jet, like, mm-hmm. at a certain point. They, they always see they're, – they're similar to the Washington football team. They have a history of just not producing, and, and it shows. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. They're they're not bad value here plus eleven hundred. I, I don't hate that in in any way. Um, the question really becomes is can Darnold do anything with with their receiving core? Yeah, and I don't know who their receiving core is. So well, no, Greg, probably I not. would I would like to tell you that their receiving core is Jameson Crowder, clearly their number one receiver. Brashad Perriman, he of the I can kind of catch the ball over the last couple of years. I'm not a bust. Stop saying that. I'm not a bust. Uh, one of the great lacrosse players in Chris Hogan, and uh, <laughs> and my favorite, fuck you, Denzel Mims, for saying <laughs> shitty things about Philadelphia because you're too cowardly to play there. Once again, Chris, fuck you, Denzel Mims. Chris Hogan's an interesting uh, back in the AFC East, ready to go. I mean, let's not count this team out. Denzel Mims, uh, sure, solid draft pick, I guess. I mean, I'm not going to hold personal grudges against. Against a guy who is is too too nervous Cowardly? to come play here. Cowardly. Yeah, it's fine. Cowardly's fine. There, there are other guys that made comments about about the city of Philadelphia prior to to coming here, uh, and then won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, he's who's the other? Uh, he was on Washington last year. He's a running back. Wendell Smallwood. Wendell Smallwood did not have nice things to say about Philadelphia prior to coming here, and then I he won a Super Bowl. I care about Wendell us. Smallwood. Wendell Smallwood did not. He technically won a Super Bowl, but he didn't play any part in it. Sure, I'm, I'm simply simply saying I, I don't I don't necessarily hold it against. And he's gone guy. now, so we did the right thing. We got rid of our trash. Now oh, it's Washington's trash. Um, Smallwood was fine. He was just he's just a super mediocre running back. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The guy I really like in Washington, if. If Bell is kind of cooked, and I think, you know, if last year is any evidence of what we can expect from this year, kind of cooked, uh, 245 carries, 789 yards, 3.2 yards per carry for Le'Veon Bell last year. Just, you know, despite the fact that that offensive line is terrible, I still think he played a large role in that. Frank Gore is conservatively 62 years old now, but still going to put up like 500 yards rushing and will for the next decade. The guy I really like is LaMichael Pirine, the running back from Florida. I he became one of my favorite players uh, in the mid rounds going into the draft this year. He's a tough runner, man. If you squint, you can see Marshawn Lynch in the way he plays. I really like him. I just 
this is not the time for a bruising running back to make an impact on this offense because you're going to have eight in the box constantly. Yeah, I mean, he was a solid, solid guy down in Florida. Um, one of the more fun guys to watch, honestly. So it's... I just don't know if they have the makeup, kind of like you said, to, to really uh, bang up that power running game. Um, it's That's... As as good of a prospect as he might be, it's gonna it's it's tough sledding for the Jets this season. I think. Yeah, they're not there yet. Obviously, they took uh, Mackay Becton in the first round. That's gonna help their offensive line down the line. But historically, you know, rookie offensive tackles have played like very good for them as league average. Rarely do you see a guy who is a giant positive as a rookie on, on the offensive uh, tackle position. So yeah, I don't know. some would say second year offensive tackles are uh, are not that great either. Well, hopefully they're better in their third year <laughs> when we will next see him. Um, yeah, I don't know. All right. So we'll t- let's talk about the top five here. Carolina Panthers up next plus eleven hundred at Pavada. What do we think of this team? Because this team feels to me like they can score. This is yeah. This is this is the first one that I'm really looking at and kind of scratching my head. Uh, I was scratching my head uh, at first because I was looking at the wrong uh, the wrong lines, and you you kicked it off with Jacksonville. I was like, I'm looking at the wrong uh, prop here on Bovada. Um, but with the Panthers, uh, like you have Bridgewater, who clearly mm-hmm. showed that he's back to to being Bridgewater and can play. McCaffrey is by far one of the top tier talents in the NFL. Yeah. Best running uh, back in the NFL. Yeah, like, and it's not even a really like it's it's him and Saquon one two right now for fantasy. Like that's those are the guys you go to, and and not that fantasy's the be all end all, but mm-hmm. McCaffrey finds the end zone, man. He just does. Um, yep. Now, obviously, touches and the history of touches are certainly um, terrifying. Yeah, uh, thank God he set up that Aztec Bowl the senior year of college. <laughs> I, that, yeah, you that's, know. Don't want those, that extra wear on the tires. Yeah, he, uh, he saved up those 20 touches. It doesn't matter. McCaffrey got paid. It's all good. He um, uh, Last year, he had an – like, this is the craziest number I've ever seen from an NFL player. Like, I can't remember anyone. I'll have to look at total touches. But he had 403 touches last year. That is – insane <laughs> yeah like to put it for for anyone who's only a casual fan and doesn't really know like 200 250 touches in offense in an offense in a given year is a lot yeah. he had 406 uh, this, is, this is what teams do they run these guys into the ground you take we just talked well, about Le'Veon bell they do but they don't typically give them make them the highest paid player at their position afterwards Accurate, which is why Carolina <laughs> is always going to be Carolina, and they're not going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. Yeah, that's totally fair. But they, it does—they're going to score points. I don't—I don't see a way they don't score points. Bridgewater, good, solid starting quarterback. McCaffrey is going to be a game changer as long as he's healthy. DJ Moore is the best receiver in football that people don't know is a superstar receiver yet. Uh, Robbie Anderson gives him a deep threat. Curtis Samuel is another fun piece. Now, depth is an issue. There's no question about that. But, uh, hey, if things go bad, they have uh, XFL star P.J. Walker. Mm -hmm. Temple Zone. XFL or AAF? No, it was XFL. XFL, yeah. Yeah. All right. right. Well, and and I believe his former teammate Cam Phillips has received. That's a a stacked lineup. When The Rock brings back the XFL for the third iteration, it's going to be so awesome. I don't know I'm if you're so being serious. I don't know if you're being serious or not, but I'm ready for it. 
the Rock bought the XFL. I don't know. I know he did. I I just don't know if you were actually excited about it or being sarcastic. I'm I'm pumped because oh, the yeah. Rock is a guy. He just does things that are successful. Yeah, like he gets it too. It, it, exactly, and he's one of the greatest WWE superstars. Turned into one of the greatest movie superstars right now. Not necessarily for quality of movie, but mm. blockbuster wise, the guy the guy makes money. Like there's no doubt sure. about it. So it's. I am ready for the Rock's version of the XFL. Like, it's going to be – I was a big XFL guy the second time around anyway before coronavirus ruined our spring football and, and potentially gave us more spring football yeah. uh, indirectly, which is kind of weird. Um, the Rock gets but, it. I, I'm sure you saw that picture that's all over Twitter today where like it's him in, his, him, him in his office with all the helmets and the framed $7 because that is all he had at the start. Seven dollar productions, baby. Yeah. It's his production company, man. Yeah, the guy gets it, and it's nice. That, like, it's gonna break my heart when some like some horrible thing comes out about The Rock. I'm just, I'm be, gonna feel betrayed. It'll be very disappointing. <laughs> like, like he, you know, he hit a hooker doing cocaine while he was doing cocaine in the back seat of a car he, that he stole. I don't so, just, the just. Rock. He just doesn't have he doesn't have time to do all that sort That's of nonsense. True. You see how often this guy's working out? He's eating ridiculous cheat meals. The guy eats like seventy five cookies as a cheat meal. He yeah. eats seventy five cookies. And every year he has a new reality show that I kind of like for like four weeks, and then I kind of fall off of the Titan uh, Games or whatever. No, Titan, that's not Titan. It. No, it was Titan Games. You're it a was thousand Titan percent games. right. And I'll tell you what, like he's sensational. He's into it. He's engaged. He seems like he's great with the contestants. He's great with everybody there. And she's not that interesting. Uh, you nope. know, fun concept. I don't know why they picked the people they did. They picked Joe Thomas was great as the Titan in his field, but then they had uh, the boxer Tyson. No, not Tyson Fury. That doesn't sound right. Tyrone something. They had a boxer, and then I forget who the other guy was. And for the females, I don't even remember who the first one was. They had uh, Jesse Graff from American Ninja Warrior, who I could have told you was going to do terribly because she doesn't have the right body type for that. And then, like, a snowboarding star, Hannah Teeter, who I also w- could have told you was going to do terribly. Yeah, absolutely. Good times. That's, that lineup is uh, Hannah Teeter. That is that is a throwback name of a throwback name. Jesus. Yeah, and she's, like, she's, she's, that doesn't have a, a Titan-type frame. Let's put it like that. No, used to, long time, was, was the long-time girlfriend of uh, former, or uh, not former, he is still... The uh, greatest of all time reality TV show champion and Johnny Bananas from MTV's The Challenge. Greg, you offer a depth of knowledge that I can't compete with. I know <laughs> unbelievably useless stuff. There's no reason for anyone to know that. Last of the top five. Oh, I guess we have a tie here. Uh, at 1200 at Bavada, we have two teams, the Chicago Bears and the Miami Dolphins. Greg, let's talk Bears first real quick. What do you think of them at plus 1200? So here's the thing. The Bears should have two different designations here. Yeah. They should have the Bears if Mitch Trubisky is the starting quarterback or the Bears that they have Nick Foles as the starting quarterback. And I'd argue this plus 1,200 is if the Mitchell Trubisky-led Bears are the mm-hmm. team that takes the field September 10th or 11th or whatever day it is. I think it's the 10th uh, that everything kicks off. Uh, or at least Thursday night's the, the 10th, so I guess it would be it the, is. The, the, the 13th. 13th. Yeah. yeah. We have football um, in eight days, by the way. I cannot wait, Chris. I've never been more excited. That's uh, I weird. Just, Someone who has two children and is married. And anything <laughs> to give me more sports on the television screen uh, after having no sports for so long. I need sports overload. 
plus the flyers are coming to an end so uh, well, yeah i hope not. Hope, it, hope it goes a little bit longer but we'll uh we can get right into the eagles season uh, here's more football can i tell you what i'm expecting i don't know what time the flyers play tomorrow i'm guessing it's like five o'clock pacific time I expect a text from you about 8.30 after the Flyers win 4-2, to talking about how the Flyers are definitely going to win the Stanley Cup. Well, let's let's win Game 6 and force a Game 7 before we, we, we jump ahead to, to Stanley Cup conversation. But yes, I, I, yes. because that's the some, way you handle things. Some would say I do <laughs> tend to overreact to things, both positively and negatively. Uh, I've, I've said blow up the Sixers completely. I've mm-hmm. said... Uh, I think at one point I said trade Carson Wentz last year after a, a poor loss. Uh, I, 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 I can get emotional at some point. Hey, it's, it's what makes you you, buddy. Exactly. Uh, but back to the Bears. I think if Trubisky's their starting quarterback, we, we are in for a very low-scoring Bears team. Mm. You wonder if you wonder if a guy like David Montgomery, I know he's a little banged up, but if yeah. he can take the next step uh, at running back. I mean, he was he was one of those guys that was sort of the – the secret of your fantasy drafts last year of the, he's going to be the guy that gets all this time. And, and uh, yeah, conned your, conned your boy, uh, your boy Greg into, into an early pick and a disappointing season. You uh, didn't like that 3.7 a clip. Uh, that was fine. It was the fact that he never scored any touchdowns. Greg, he scored seven touchdowns last eh, year. Not You're enough. Liar. Not, not, not when I needed him. Uh, I think three of them were in one game. So let's, yeah. let's relax. And the 3.7 um, is pretty terrible. Yeah. Tariq Cohen, uh, obviously one of the most intriguing guys on the field, uh, you know, but but I don't think Nagy uses him in the correct way. I don't think he gets him out in the space enough yeah. where he can really be a playmaker and, and be that versatile versatile back out of the backfield that I think he has the capability to be. I mean, the guy's a game breaker. We've seen it time in and time out. He can make he can make sort of something out of nothing if he gets the opportunity. And I don't know if they've mastered that yet, which is weird considering the the coaching tree that Nagy comes from. Yeah. Uh, with a guy like Andy Reid, who who did so much with guys like. You know, uh, Brian Hunt. Westbrook. Yeah, well, that. that. But uh, I was thinking more Eagles. But yes, Kareem Hunt is uh, certainly comes to mind. Cohen, and a even, backup running back who had 15 more catches than carries last year. Yeah, it, but that's the way he should be. Like he 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 should be getting more ca- catches uh, uh, than 64 carries, because, carries feels low to me though. Right, but he okay. Well, I guess it. I guess it really depends on what kind of carries he's getting. If we're putting him, if we're giving him the ball at the two yard line, uh, that's not the Tariq Cohen area of, of the field that I want. I also don't want him running, you know, random draws up the middle. It's it, that doesn't seem beneficial. I think tosses, getting him on the outside, and letting him try to make plays with his with his superior ability is what you have to do with Tariq Cohen to make it work. Now, yeah, five six carries, five six catches a game. Yeah, exactly. If we just evenly spread it out and, and we're good to go. Now, if we're talking about the Nick Foles-led Chicago Bears, um, I, I think that their their passing attack becomes a little more uh, a little more dominant. Uh, no, I wouldn't say dominant, but dominant. it becomes a little more effective because I think Foles is the better passer than Trubisky. Uh, granted, Foles has always had his struggles outside of the Philadelphia Eagles uniform, so there is some things that come into question there. Uh, with, you know, the talent that the Bears have. Uh, Jimmy Graham will definitely help. I mean, obviously, Jimmy Graham is not the Jimmy Graham that got dunking in the uh, field goal post band. Uh, Jimmy Graham, he certainly he certainly lost a little bit 
Um, but it's definitely it's definitely still a nice weapon to have. And and you still have Allen Robinson on the outside. He's not a guy that 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 you know people don't have to worry about for sure. Um, Pig Miller think, too. Love Anthony Miller. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I think uh, I think this team I think this team is going to be a little bit better on offense if Foles is the guy that's under center um, from a passing standpoint. There's no doubt. And I think they put up more points that way. It's not I, I don't think they would be your traditional Chicago Bears offense. Big backs, run the ball, Midwest football, that kind of thing. Yeah, if you just if you just put them in Chiefs uniforms and give them give them the Chiefs coaching staff, it's actually kind of an interesting offense with Foles. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, he's a guy that can run that system. Not so much with uh, Chiefs disciple Matt Nagy. How do you feel about the Dolphins and and potentially Tua? Uh, see, but I don't think Tua gets gets real playing time until like midway through the season. I think I think Brian Flores is a smart enough coach to to know how to how to sort of slowly bring Tua along. You have Fitzpatrick there. He's a guy that isn't going. He's not going to be the reason for the most part that you lose games. He's a great game manager. He's a great veteran. He can teach Tua a lot, and in getting Tua some experience on the sidelines, watching the game go, watching that, you know, how to handle certain things, I think really will help him. And also, the guy is still coming off of a dislocated hip mm-hmm. less than a year ago. Man, like that. That that has to be talked about. I know he's been cleared medically. I know you know from a mobility standpoint, throwing pro days, he's participated. He's been fine. Um, but there's just something about that injury that still stands out to me, and I think that it has to be, um, it has to be taken seriously. Can I say with the Dolphins though, they are one injury away from being a team that scores five points a game. They are a Devontae Parker injury away from a completely inept offense. Yeah, I know they were getting rid of Kalen Balage too. Not that not that Balage was some sort of you know uh, dominant force at running back, but now I don't even know who. It's who Jordan Howard. Uh, oh, okay. and Matt Bra- and Matt Breida. Well, Matt Breida's not bad. I mean, probably benefited from the the scheming and the play calling of Kyle Shanahan last year. But even before, no, I guess Shanahan's been there for two years now. Um, I think that I think that Brita proved that he's a pretty solid option. He's just not probably uh, the best option to be your feature back. No. Um, and and Jordan Howard, I think, has hit, which is crazy because Jordan Howard's like 26 years old. He's yeah. not old at all. Oh, and he's all. and he's super over the hill. Yeah. It's it, by the way, crazy. by the way, he's 25. Yeah, he's an. I, I, I think he's another guy that that got pounded on really early mm-hmm. for, by the Bears, and he had a, a lot of. You know, two two or three really good seasons for the Bears. Eh, okay. Progressively think- worse. 2016, he looked great as a rookie. 252 carries, 1,300 yards. 2017, they come back. He plays all 16. They give him 276 carries for 1,122 yards. Drops from 5.2 to 4.1 per carry. 2018, 16 games, 215 carries, 935 yards. Drops from 4.1 to 3.7 per carry. Yeah, I mean... All right, he definitely had a drop off, and it wasn't that great. Sorry, By the Jordan way, Howard. Are you excited about the Phillies being the guaranteed World Series winner now that they beat the they beat the uh, Nationals tonight? Oh uh, yeah, took down Scherzer. Right, Corbin last night, Scherzer tonight. The Phils are Phils Work, are back, baby. Workman got the save. I think they've won seven of eight. Yeah, he also put two guys on and brought the tying run to the plate with two outs. So I wouldn't let's, know. let's let's pump our brakes a little bit on the, on the workman. Uh, we found a closer uh, world, but they've looked better. Mm-hmm. They, they've looked better. They've made some good moves uh, to try and bulk up that bullpen. Um, we'll see how they play out. Yeah. Let's finish this dolphins. 
were who who is the better better uh, offense right now? The Dolphins or the Bears? Oh, that's a tough. I know. One. Well, there's a reason they're tied at 1,200. Yeah, I think I think the Bears have the slight edge because I just think they have more weapons, and and not to say that they're a significant advantage above above the Dolphins mm-hmm. as far as weapons go, but I think they do have a few more playmakers, like serious. You have to worry about playmakers. Like I don't, uh, I hate to say it because he's a guy that I always take late in fantasy football drafts or have for the last two years. Uh, Mike Kosicki doesn't scare me mm-hmm. a tight end uh, for the Dolphins. He's he's been a little bit disappointing. Um, Penn State sure. alum. Yeah, well, that's the reason why I always, I, the last two years I've snuck him in in like the fifteenth round of fantasy drafts, and uh, only to be only to be disappointed uh, and immediately cut uh, pretty much like week two into the season. Um, uh, not really, I probably held on to him longer than that, but um, he he did have he did have a decent run towards the end of last year, uh, but but nothing like what the expectations surrounding him coming out of Penn State sure. were. Um, I, I think the Bears have the slightly better offense, though, um, even though Jimmy Graham's 100. Uh, the running back situation's clearly better, regardless of what you think of Montgomery and uh, Tariq Cohen. Uh, I couldn't even name – like we just talked about, I couldn't even, can barely name the running backs on the, the Dolphins roster uh, until you brought them up. So, uh, yeah, I think the Bears get the edge there, uh, which means the Dolphins are probably the better, the better betting option here. All right, and the last question I have for you, of all the teams that are plus 3,000 or higher, who would you put all of your money on to win this? For the, for the listeners who don't have this open in front of them, those, those teams are the Falcons, the Packers, the Browns, the Colts, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the 49ers, Eagles, Bucks, Ravens, Chiefs, and Saints. It's, it's a dog, but it's, it's on the lower end. I think it's the Colts, man. I think okay. it's the Colts the because Colts the Colts plus, are... plus thirty three hundred at Bavada. Yeah, I think the Colts are one one injury to Philip Rivers away, and now that I'm saying that Rivers is Mister Indestructible, basically. Well, and Jacoby uh, Brissett's so... still there. Yeah, but we saw what Jacoby Brissett did last year in that starting role, and he left a lot to be desired. Um, I know people are excited about the Jonathan Taylor uh, mm. draft pick. He worries me because he's a guy that had a ton of touches in college, like so many touches. Puts the ball on the ground too. Yeah, so so, so that's worrisome. And outside of that, I mean, you're looking at the same old Colts. Ty. Uh, Ty. Ty said Ty. I was thinking for some reason I started thinking Ty Law. I know that's not the case. Yeah, no. Ty it, Law has made a comeback. Probably. I think I went probably fifty <laughs> I went, now. <laughs> I went Ty Law, Ty Lu, and then T.Y. Hilton, and I just said Ty. I don't really know. It's it's been a long day, um, but no. Ty Law only forty six, so it's perfectly reasonable. Probably probably still faster than than some NFL players. Oh yeah, I, I feel like I feel like Ty Law Ty Law could suit up right now and shut down a corner or shut down a a top tier wide receiver on an NFL Sunday, and then um, immediately pull a hamstring and be done for the season. The, the the most devastating the most devastating day of one of, of my sports fan one of the most devastating mm-hmm. was the Carolina Panthers NFC Championship game uh, where um, oh it's gonna I can't remember his name um, whatever the one guy in the Panthers picked McNabb off three times in mm-hmm. the NFC Championship game but on that same day the Patriots who who went on to win the Super Bowl Ty Law had three picks in that game how weird is that that two corners have three picks in both in each conference championship game that's nice like, it's it's an insane stat that I'm pretty sure is right and I may have made up but I'm pretty confident that happened 
that's basically the subtitle of the show and uh, makes perfect sense to end it here, <laughs> applying to both of us. Uh, so for Greg Crone, I'm Chris Hordell. That's been this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why, and we'll see you back here next time to talk real NFL football. See you then.